Today's reading is 1 Peter 4, 7-11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. This morning, um, I want to speak to you about what it means to be called uh, to serve. Um, but before I start, I'd just like to open with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and showed us what it meant to be a servant. Thank you, Lord, that you modeled to us that picture of what it means to get on your hands and knees and Humble yourself before others, Lord. Even though you were a king, you showed amazing mercy, Lord, by showing us what it means to serve one another. Help us, Lord, to follow your example. And as I speak this morning, God, may the words of my mouth, Lord, bless the thoughts of your heart for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so... Today I'd like to speak um, about what it means to serve and what Christian service looks like. And I'm going to break my talk down into three main sections. And the first section is uh, what it is to serve others. Uh, the second is what it is to serve the church. And the third section is what it is to serve God. And hopefully by breaking it down into those three sections, that will help us navigate uh, through this topic, because let's be honest, it's quite a big and broad topic to cover. Now, just to start with something a little bit comical, um, I, I once heard a parable um, trying to explain the difference between people who work hard and people who work smart. And in the parable, there were two rooms uh, next to each other. 
And both of these rooms had a group of people in them. And in each room, there was a table. And on this table, there was set a nice hot bowl of the best casserole you can imagine. But there was one requirement. And that was you could only use a long spoon about this long um, for each person. That's how you had to eat from it. So it was a challenge. Now, the work hard people did all they could to make the spoon uh, full of stew to reach their mouths. Um, But uh, they grew more and more frustrated as they tried to angle the spoon and try to get it under and over. Um, But of course, you can imagine uh, that uh, they didn't get far before the casserole or the stew all spilt off the end of the spoon. So it wasn't very successful. However, the work smart folk took a different approach. Instead of focusing on themselves, they used the long spoon to serve those sitting directly opposite them. And by doing this and working by a simple system, everybody was fed and everybody was satisfied. Now, although that's quite jestful and uh, quite a funny picture to, to paint, this parable highlights two quite radically different approaches to the situation, or in essence, life, you could say. You see, we all have needs, but when we only focus on ourselves and what's only going on in our own lives, we actually miss out. But when we focus on serving each other, we all end up receiving what we need. And this is how God has established his kingdom to work. It's this paradoxical system that pays a blessing with a blessing. And I'm sure we've all been in situations where we've uh, helped people out. And it just feels good to know that when you've genuinely helped somebody out in whatever situation they may find themselves in, it just feels good to know that you've made their day just that little bit better. You are paid a blessing for your blessing. Everybody's a winner. It's how Jesus would have us lived, and it's what he modelled to his disciples. We know that Jesus didn't come to the earth to be served, as we've read in our passages this morning. Instead, he came to serve and to give his life for us on the cross and to meet our most profound and significant need of forgiveness of sin and, of course, ultimately, eternal life. And that was, of course, the forefront and the focus of his mission. But Scripture goes a little bit further than that, and it tells us how we should live by a servant nature on this side of heaven whilst we're still here. Um, Just to bring in another reading, uh, Paul says in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then later on, he speaks about how Jesus himself took the very nature of a servant and disregarded his, uh, his royalty, if you like, to come and uh, be a servant to us. You see, Jesus doesn't only care about our relationship with him. Of course, that's, that's number one, and that's the, the, the forefront of where our heart should be. But also, 
He cares about our relationship with one another and how we treat each other and how we serve each other. Just think about the cross for a moment. The cross not only extends vertically, so from the ground to the sky, which is kind of this picture of us being reconciled back to God, but also horizontally as well, reconciling each one of us to each other. Jesus' arms were stretched out wide, not only to bring us to God, but to bring us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, despite all of our differences. We're called to serve one another as Jesus served us. But what does that look like? What does that service look like? Well, let's have a look at what he, at what he did. We know that he came for one primary purpose, and that was ultimately for us to have um, eternal life in heaven and to save us from our sins. But he served in many different ways as well, depending on the person, the need, the desire, the faith, the situation, and his father's will. So he served in all different kinds of ways. At times, he taught crowds. Other times, he physically fed the masses. Other times, he preached to the many, but he also poured his life into his uh, close few followers, and sometimes just one-on-one. He cast out demons, healed the sick, he worked miracles, and he restored people's worth and dignity. These are all signs of service, and all types of service. He rebuked Pharisees while speaking tenderly to the broken. He called out the proud whilst extending grace to the humble. He was friends with both sinners and tax collectors, and he met people where they were at, and he brought about God's kingdom in their lives. See, serving as Jesus would serve means that we must meet people where they are and we must meet people according to their individual needs. Our job is to be attentive to the working of God and the needs of people. Now, there's no formula for serving as Jesus did. All we're left with is his example by the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit and an awareness of where God is at work in people's lives and how he wants us to participate with him. So what else does this service look like? Well, sometimes it can look like just a word of comfort or a word of encouragement. Do you know how far a word of encouragement goes to somebody? We can sometimes just pass it off as a little off-the-cuff comment, but actually it can mean the world to somebody if you just get by them and say, do you know what, I believe in you, you can do this. It goes a long way. Never underestimate the power of words. Other times it can look like wisdom. Sometimes people need wisdom or counsel. Sometimes people might need correction 
or rebuke. That's the type of service. And that can be a tough one. And of course, there's right and wrong ways to go about that. But that is all part of our service to others. Jesus was actually paying the Pharisees a service when he rebuked them. Why did he rebuke them? Because he loved them and he didn't want them to get it wrong. Others need our prayers. I know in this church we have a a great prayer ministry team, but I know we need more people as well. That's another thing we should never underestimate as well is the power of prayer in people's lives. Some require us to help through financial giving and generosity. That is another form of service. Serving like Jesus served also means we serve holistically. What does that mean? Well, serving holistically means we serve each other in all ways. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, and all the other ways that I can't think of it right now. (laughs) You know, a lot of people we meet and we come across are hurting, or maybe they feel lost spiritually, and it may not be so obvious on the surface, which is why we need to spend time with people, because not everybody wears their hearts on their sleeves. And just by spending time with them, we serve them. Because let's be honest, time is precious to all of us. So when we offer it up to somebody else, it blesses them. And so when we bless others, we are blessed too. It's a win-win situation. You know, some of the most miserable people I've ever met are the people who only think about themselves and they've only got themselves on their mind and they only live for themselves and they don't really think much or spend much time thinking about how they can help others. And it's true. Because the truth is, when you only live to serve yourself, your sense of purpose becomes diminished and your world can become very small because it's only about you. And it's easy to become bitter and self-absorbed when things don't always go your way. But when we become part of something bigger than ourselves and we serve a cause that's wider than just us, it's amazing the sense of purpose and blessing that we get from that, isn't it? And that brings me on to the second part of my talk, which is serving in the church. Now, if you're uh, looking for somewhere to serve um, and and give your time to in any way, the church is a brilliant place to start because there's always places for more volunteers across a wide range of ministries. And um, Patrick, I just want to say you've done a fantastic job. I didn't actually know this this was going to be in front of me today um, when I was up here talking. I think you've done a fantastic job in building this. And I didn't actually realise there was this many ministries in the church. So we're not short of uh, places to fill names for volunteer roles. Just take a look and spend some time looking uh, at this, uh, maybe in the coffee break or or later in the week. And it doesn't matter what skills or experience you have, if any, as long as you bring something to the table, there will be a place for you to help out. Because service makes the church run. It really does. I know there's a lot of work that goes into making this church uh, run successfully seven days a week. And it's all down to the volunteers who lend their time, keeping it running 
smoothly. And we had that, that big extensive list on the wall this morning about how many ministries were there. And of course, that's not taking away from the paid staff uh, that work here at all. You know, you guys are just as valuable. But what I'm saying is the sheer amount of work that goes into all the ministries across all the teams, be it the coffee shop, the morning classes, the tech team, the worship team, the prayer team, all the folk on the ECC and all the other ministries um, that I've, uh, I can't think of right now that are in front of me, it's all largely down to volunteers who gladly give just a little bit of their time each week to make it work. And I just want to point out as well that these, a lot of these volunteers, they have jobs, they have children, they have sick relatives to look after, not to mention their own responsibilities at home as well. Some of you may be thinking, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have the same amount of time. And sometimes service requires sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of service, even if it's just 30 minutes a week. Giving something back is service to God. I know a lot of you here this morning um, serve on a team in one way or another. And if you serve in any way, thank you on behalf of the church. And actually, could we just have a round of applause for everybody who serves on all the teams across the ministries? This is fantastic. So why should Christians serve in the church? Why should we as brothers and sisters in Christ serve in the church? Well, it builds us up and it brings us together as people and as Christians, not to mention in strengthening the ministry that we're serving. And it brings forth the kingdom of God into the lives of those that we serve and those that we're serving with. It also builds up our own, ex our own experiences and our own skill set when we get stuck in and we learn as we go. Sometimes it can be quite scary thinking, oh, I don't know if I can sign up to that because I have no experience in this ministry. And it's like, well, if you sign up, you'll get experience and you can learn on the job and as you go. And of course, on the flip side of that, you can be the one who is teaching and passing on skills when new people join that team. So again, it's a blessing paid with a blessing. Just to read that part of today's text again from Ephesians. So Christ gave, the, uh, sorry, so Christ gave himself, uh, the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and to the teachers, 12 to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, some of the most meaningful conversations I've ever had has been whilst I've been serving in a team of people in church that I've gotten to know really well. And I would not have had that blessing had I chosen not to serve with those people and been a part of that ministry team. So this morning, I charge you with some questions to ask yourself now. And I apply these questions to myself as I read these two. And these questions are, how am I serving today? How am I serving today? Am I serving at all? 
If not, what's stopping me? What's stopping me? And if I choose to serve, where might I be able to offer a little of my time? What am I willing to learn and get on board with? We can all serve in some way and we all have something to bring to the table, no matter how small that might be. I remember once I was at one particular church and I overheard the pastor say, he said, if you've been coming to this church for six months or more and you don't have a job, find yourself another church. (laughs) And that's a little extreme. (laughs) And I'm sure none of us here would uh, ever dream of saying something like that. But all joking aside, there is some weight behind not just being a consumer Christian. We're all called to serve with what we have. It's all Jesus asks of us. So to conclude, when we serve others and the church, we ultimately serve God. We're helping to bring into alignment the purposes of God through service to him by doing just as Jesus taught us to do. It teaches us to be humble and to be willing to learn and work alongside others. I genuinely believe it delights God when he sees us serving and helping each other in the church and in the community and in our homes. You see, Jesus was all about serving. He wasn't afraid to lowering himself in front of others to do jobs that not many other people wanted to do. And yet he was a king. When it comes to serving, let's take Christ as our ultimate role model. The king who happily got on his knees and washed the dirty feet of weary fishermen. And just as we come to a close, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment? And I'm going to speak those questions over us again. And I just want them to echo in your heart. And as you ponder on these, just maybe quietly ask God where he's stirring you. What is he calling you into? Is there something that's been on your heart? Is now the time to make that decision? We have a new year in sight. Maybe now is the time to consider serving in a way you haven't before, whether that's personally to someone or maybe that's taken on a role in the church. Like I said, it might have crossed your mind in the past. Maybe now is the time to take that leap. Or maybe something's come to mind whilst I've been speaking. Whichever way, let's just have a minute now. How am I serving today? If not, what's stopping me? If I choose to serve, where might I be able to offer a little of my time? What am I willing to learn and get on board with?